So we were part of the HubSpot Connect beta program that was really testing a lot of the integrations before they went live at Inbound a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, tools like Databox and Seven Sense and Wistia, um, those have really helped to fuel our growth because like, like most agencies and even most direct clients of HubSpot, they know that HubSpot, while it's, it's technically all in one, it doesn't necessarily have every feature that you need to run everything digital. And that's where I think that a lot of the other technologies can help to fill those gaps. Ground Up, episode 19. Elise Flynn Meyer saw firsthand how HubSpot, and more broadly, inbound marketing was going to change the way businesses marketed themselves. First, as a user working for an educational institution, then as an agency owner. Inspired by the dramatic changes in technology that HubSpot was helping marketers streamline, Meyer saw an opportunity to help facilitate that change. So she started an agency on the side in 2013. Now, that agency, Prism Global Marketing Solutions, has grown revenue 40% year-over-year since 2013 and is widely known in the space for being an early mover for helping clients leverage new technologies to grow. I recently caught up with Meyer to talk about how she built the agency, how they've managed that 40% year-over-year revenue growth, and how Prism keeps its clients ahead of the curve in terms of new technologies. We started back in 2013. Um, and prior to PRISM, I was using HubSpot, um, working at an educational institution in charge of marketing and sales. And so I started using HubSpot there, and it really just dramatically changed the way that, that we did marketing and sales. And I saw the need for inbound across a variety of organizations. So that's when I decided to start PRISM um, a couple of years ago, and it's just grown since then. So we started off working primarily with startup clients. And now we primarily focus on healthcare and technology. So w- did it start as, as a side gig for you? Um, a little bit, yeah. So probably for the first 10 or 12 months, um, probably actually in 2012 is when I started it as more of a side gig. And then in 2013 is when I started it full time. How do you, like what's, I'm sure there's no trick, right? But how, to, how what's the trick to balancing? Uh, obviously you had another, job at the time. And so you were taking on clients sort of on a part-time basis to try to ramp up PRISM? Yeah, exactly. So it was a lot of late nights (laughs) because you want to make sure that that doesn't overlap at all with your full-time role. Um, So it's it's a little bit of a juggle, but I felt that that was kind of the best way to segue into the agency world and make sure that it was a fit for me. Um, And so, yeah, it was about a little less than a year that I was doing both. and like I said, yeah, a lot of a lot of late nights with that. I can imagine. Um, so, 2013, you said was was kind of when you hit the ground running full time on Prism. Yes. Mm-hmm. What type of what type of growth have you seen since then? Yeah, so we've seen a pretty significant amount of growth in terms of revenue and the, and just the types of clients that we're working with. Like I said, we started really mainly with the startup um, side of the business. And now we're working more with larger enterprise healthcare and technology organizations. But if we look back just at our revenue growth over the last four years, we're averaging about a 40% growth rate year over year for revenue. Wow. And the, so that, that, that evolution in, in your niche is, is really interesting to me. So 
in starting out, uh, how did you determine, because I know a lot of agencies when they're first starting out, there's kind of like this, whoever, whoever's going to write us checks, right? We'll, we'll take on these clients right. to kind of, you know, build out your portfolio. Um, so how did, how does, you, you kind of just briefly touched on how your target customer has changed, but I guess like what went into that? So when you first launched, how, how did you sort of position Prism and how did you know who were the right clients and why the switch uh, more uh, sort of upstream into the, to the healthcare markets? Yeah, so it was definitely a little bit of trial and error. Like most um, agencies, you know, you're originally taking on just, uh, like you said, whoever wants to write a check and work with you. <laughs> um, but once we started seeing that startups weren't necessarily the right fit for us, where we could really have the most impact was really in that B2B healthcare and technology space. And we focused on healthcare because prior to my work at an educational institution before I started Prism, I was um, mainly in the medical device and healthcare space before that. So I knew that industry really well. And we had a couple of clients in that arena. And so I knew that a lot of what I was learning from working on those accounts, we could also utilize on, on other accounts if we, if we needed to. And a lot of the same types of campaigns and things that we were running could potentially be used across different, um, different organizations. Not exactly the same, obviously, but um, the same type of, of program. Right. And what were, uh, in, in your head, what are some of the key milestones as an agency uh, that, that have gotten Prism to where they are now? Um, and, and sort of on the back end of that, what were some of the, the wins and losses, maybe some of the bigger challenges um, that, that you've kind of faced and, and gotten through over the years? Any, any that stick out? Yeah, so I would say probably the first is, um, I think that every time that you hit a different tier with, with HubSpot, if you're a HubSpot-specific agency, I think that that's a big milestone. But I think that for us specifically hitting Platinum was, was really the most significant for us because um, that was a goal that we had. And so when we were able to achieve that, I think that it just put us on, on a different level of the type of services that, that we were offering and the type of clients that we were servicing. Um, and then also we've had a couple of HubSpot Impact Awards that we've won over the years. So I think that that's similar to that since we focus exclusively on HubSpot clients. I think that that helps to differentiate us um, a little bit in the marketplace. How how are you guys structured in terms of, you know, a lot, a lot of agencies uh, specifically in this space tend to lean heavily on on content. You know, obviously the inbound movement is is based solely on that. So how do you guys, mm-hmm. as an agency, how are you structured? Like, um, how do you divvy up responsibilities um, and, and, and sort of when it comes to client work? Yeah, so um, that would probably be one of the, the challenges that we saw initially was just hiring in general and the whole talent management piece. And how do we structure that? We went through a couple of different iterations of this. But the way that we really have it structured now is Sales and account management is separate from the, the client delivery um, team, which is focused on content, is a separate individual from those individuals who then focus on the integrated and digital automation piece of it. So what we what we did originally was we had those roles kind of combined and found that that wasn't working as well, which is why we've, we've split those now. 
And then we also have web development and then also anything design related is separate as well. What would you say, um, and it's probably a tough question, but the strengths um, as an agency, something that you, well, I, I guess I know um, from talking to Pete, something that he had mentioned was that you guys seem to leverage technology better than most. Um, and that you're always trying new things and uh, new technologies, new features, whether that's through HubSpot or um, apps like Databox or, or Seventh Sense. Um, so I think there's, there's certainly a perception that Prism tends to leverage technology um, earlier and is, is more innovative in that area. But would you say that's a strength? Um, and are there any others that, that, that you really lean on as an agency? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that is definitely one of our strengths is that we started utilizing the HubSpot integrations, I think, earlier than um, than a lot of HubSpot clients and maybe even HubSpot partners. So we were part of the HubSpot Connect beta program that was really testing a lot of the integrations before they went live at Inbound a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, tools like Databox and 7Cents and Wistia, um, those have really helped to fuel our growth. Because like, like most agencies and even most direct clients of HubSpot, they know that HubSpot, while it's, it's technically all in one, it doesn't necessarily have every feature that you need to run everything digital. And that's where I think that a lot of the other technologies can help to fill those gaps. Um, so I think that that's one piece, but also that we're a relatively small agency. And so that's, it's, while it's not a fit for everyone, it's a fit for, for our clients and who our target is that they're looking for a really personalized experience with who they're working with um, and that the agency is a little bit smaller rather than larger and that we just focus on HubSpot. Um, so I think that, that that plays into it as well. And you mentioned Wistia and 7 Sense and, and obviously Databox. Are there any others that, um, that uh, any other tools that, that come to mind that, that have really helped, uh, in your words, kind of fuel your growth and that you guys leverage pretty heavily with clients besides those three? Yeah, so we also use SurveyMonkey and then um, ReadyTalk for webinars and then SnapEngage for live chat if it doesn't necessarily work to use the HubSpot chat option for some clients. If I could dig into to a few of these. So SurveyMonkey, I guess like what what's the primary... Like how, how have you used that successfully with clients? Is it, is it for feedback purposes or content creation? Like how, how has SurveyMonkey helped? Yeah, so a lot of it is really focused on the customer marketing efforts and that feedback loop. Um, so what we try to set up with most of our clients is that, that customer journey and how can we help customers once they're, they're closed in the pipeline? How do we now get them more content that is going to be helpful to them? And so that piece is really helpful with SurveyMonkey, as well as also some surveys related to top of the funnel content um, and how that's really helping prospects um, turn into potentially customers. And so for a couple of like the larger types of content pieces like eBooks and white papers, we will oftentimes have follow-ups that are directing people to a short survey to make sure that that kind of, it, it either captured what they were looking for, or if we have to go in another direction, we know that. And Wistia is another interesting one because, um, especially in your space, is video, is that something that's very in demand or is that something you sort of bring to the table and suggest to clients 
um, to, to get involved with because as, as we all know, video has blown up and the social networks that we all use make it easier to consume. So is that something that you, you've heard more and more from clients bringing to you as like, we need to do this? Or do you find yourself um, sort of conveying that value and, and getting buy-in from clients? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I would say for our larger enterprise clients, it's they they already know that video is important and are already leveraging it. And so then we use Wistia and HubSpot to help to power those videos and get the deeper analytics for those videos to make some better decisions on how we can use it in content. Um, for some of our mid-sized clients, it's oftentimes it's us bringing ideas of video to them and then how we can take that video and use it on things like blogs and emails and social. Because um, I think that a lot of times people get a little bit overwhelmed by video, not necessarily knowing all of the different ways that they can use that one video to help to, to fuel a lot of their inbound content. I agree. Uh, you also mentioned Seven Cents, which is one that we also use. And we had Mike Donnelly, the CEO of Seven Cents on Ground Up recently. Um, and, mm-hmm. and for listeners that, that might not know, it's, it's machine learning software for email that basically you would send your email through seven cents and it based on how your audience has engaged with emails previously, it'll send the email at the most opportune time, um, which increases engagement rates. So what's been your experience so far uh, using seventh cents? Yeah, so I think that Seven Cents is one of the most powerful integrations um, that HubSpot has. And for any of our clients that are on pro and enterprise, we always recommend it, if not require it for some of them. Um, because with, with the machine learning that is available in Seven Cents and the data that they're capturing from HubSpot, it's almost like, like you have to use it um, in order to get the results from email that, that you want to. And we've seen clients that have seen a tremendous impact from using Seven Cents. Um, I mean, one of our clients had a 15% lead re-engagement rate. So meaning that 15% of their database had not engaged in emails prior to using Seven Cents. And they were reawakened by using the tool and starting to use that to get emails on days and times that were most appropriate for them. So, I mean, it, it's had a, a really big impact on email engagement. And then how we can leverage email because a lot of people are always saying that email is dead and there has to be other ways around that. But I don't necessarily think that that's true, especially if you're using a tool like Seven Cents that just has you think about email a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I think for me it was, and I admitted this to Mike when we had him on, it was an adjustment because you're used to as a marketer sending an email and getting immediate feedback on it, right? Like you send it, right. <laughs> if you send it at 11 a.m. by 3 p.m., you have a pretty good idea um, how, how the open rates were, how the click rates, how much traffic gets delivered to your website. But with 7 cents, you kind of, you have to, um, you have to practice more. It's, it's a smarter, longer term approach, right? You're going to have a window of maybe a week that you're going to send an email and it's going to send an email to your recipients at the, at the best time based on their engagement, which is going to result in higher open rates. So it was like an adjustment for me as a marketer to think differently. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you had any, anything similar or, or your, or your clients did, uh, but it was a, but it was a good one, right? Because once you see the results, it's, it's kind of, it, it speaks for itself. Right. Um, but it was yeah, exactly. an example of technology having to retrain marketers. Yeah, and it's, I think it's definitely an adjustment just because it, you're right, it is so different from 
a standard email, even if you're sending a workflow in HubSpot, I mean, you, you generally have an idea of, of when that email is going to go out. Um, so, I mean, it's just a little bit more patience of, of understanding that there's going to be now a week window. Um, but it's really just thinking about how can we use email differently and a little bit more planning up front um, to make sure that, you know, all of your campaigns are not necessarily overlapping too. That, that's one thing for clients who have a lot of emails going out. We just have to make sure that that we're managing that a little bit more effectively than if it was just a, a batch send. Um, but I think once once our clients see the um, the email engagement rates increase and the impact that it has, it's it's a no brainer that almost every email then goes through Seven Cents. Right. What it's it's interesting to me that we have these tools uh, that re, that leverage machine learning and and artificial artificial intelligence is only going to get more prevalent in the tools that we all use. But even from when you started your agency in 2013 to now, um, obviously there's been a shift in the technology we use. Do you think that that's also uh, shifted how a client engagement goes? Like obviously four or five years ago, it was, you know, blogging, you know, podcasting really wasn't a big thing. Video wasn't easily Mm -hmm. consumed, nor was it very easy to produce. Um, so everything was very ebook and PDFs and content. Have you noticed, I mean, it's only been four years, right? But a lot has gone on in that time. Um, the, that right. kind of evolution, like impacting the the type of work that you do for clients. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see a big shift from when we started to where we are now that, you know, while I originally thought that we were going to mostly be focused on on HubSpot, now it's HubSpot plus all of the other tools that can potentially integrate with it, um, which brings a a variety of (laughs) of different things that we can do for our clients. But it's really helped us with client retention, because I think that that sometimes, and, and we've seen this too, where if you're just doing those standard inbound tactics like blogging and email and social, that things can get a little bit stale relatively quickly. And so that helps to to be able to differentiate what you're offering to people and what you can potentially deliver at the end of it too. That's leveraging not just HubSpot, but everything else. Sure. Sure. And and don't worry about the phone ringing. We'd like to keep it real. So uh, Lisa's in the middle of doing work. You're getting calls right now about, uh, about seven cents. Um, and, and you kind of beat me to the punch there uh, about client retention. And I was going to say this focus uh, that you have on, on on being more forward thinking when it comes to technology and, and being more open to early adoption, what what that results in in terms of like your relationship with clients. You mentioned client retention. Um, how else how else does that um, attention to technology and emerging technologies how else does that influence your relationships with clients in a positive way? Yeah, so it, it really helps to build not only trust with our clients more because, you know, we're not just that inbound marketing agency. We're more of like a digital partner. And it also helps to broaden what we're doing to go past marketing and into sales and operations and how can we streamline things through all of the different technologies out there and our experience with it. And so it really helps us become more integrated with their teams, not just the marketing team, but across the organization. We work a lot with IT, obviously, marketing, sales, operations, and how can we start to streamline 
all of that so that the data is all in one place, which is, is really important. Um, but it also helps to, to integrate us into their business a bit more. Right. And, and you guys, you, you lean into this too. Like I'm on Prism's homepage right now and uh, there's a section where you're talking about the email optimization case study that you guys ran and, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. which, which details send time optimization and getting your email in front of the right people at the right time. So uh, not only are you leveraging this stuff, but you guys are, are, are positioning yourselves um, in a way that maybe some other agencies aren't, right? You're kind of leading with this innovative approach and technology first and, and that sort of thing. So how, I guess like how long as have, have you guys used that as, as a positioning mechanism? Um, uh, because obviously it seems to be working. Um, and it, and it's, it seems like a unique way to position yourself, right? It differentiates yourself from other agencies. Um, uh, yeah. Putting that stuff front and center. So I guess like what's, what's been the thought process on, on broadcasting that stuff in a, in a public way. Yeah, so it's it's worked well for us because, like you said, it's it's definitely a differentiation piece. I think that um, especially for HubSpot direct clients who have been on HubSpot for a while, you know, hearing about increasing visits and leads and customers, it it kind of gets a little bit um, old and stale. So I think when you start to look at how can you take that to the next level, that's really where where I think that that we can come in and really help those those clients who we have some who have been on HubSpot for three years and are not necessarily using it effectively. So how do we get that working? But then how can we plug in some other technology components to really take them to the next level? And so positioning ourselves that way, um, like I was saying before, it really makes us more of a, a holistic integrated partner with them, not just plugging into HubSpot. The whole site in general, like I love how you guys have a inbound marketing ROI calculator. And I think I've seen things similar to this elsewhere, but it's basically this calculator where you can kind of type in like how much traffic you do, uh, how many leads you do, uh, percentage of qualified leads, what your close rate is. Um, and it's uh, it's just an interesting way to to get people to engage with your site, right? Beyond subscribe to our newsletter and things like that. So um, it's just, yeah. uh, it, it seems like Prism just has a very tech focused, um, innovative approach, which is, which is refreshing. Um, and, and frankly fun. Like I, I'm interested to, to, to put our numbers in here now. Probably oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We found that that, that ROI calculator has been really helpful for us. Um, you know, a lot of times some of our prospects don't have all of those numbers, but it gives us something to to send back to them because you can download a PDF afterwards too. Um, but it it's been really helpful to drive like that top level engagement because um, also people don't necessarily have to give us their contact information when when they're on that page. Um, but it it really has driven driven quite a bit for us because we see a lot of engagement on that page and better conversations. I would assume too. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, this this mm-hmm. kind of thing is is something that I I think tends to perform really well. It's obviously dynamic. It's it's more like you're involved in it, right? As the visitor, rather than just taking a more passive approach to reading an article. So um, that's interesting yeah, to hear that it, exactly. that, it, that it does really well, um, and they get a PDF too. That's that's awesome. Um, so I guess and we, we we've talked a lot about technology and and how the platforms are changing. 
or maybe not changing, but there's other things that marketers supplement with their, with their current strategies. But going into 2018, like what are some common threads or things that you see marketers struggling with these days? Yeah. So um, I know that we've been talking a lot about technology and all the great tools that are out there, but I also see that as a struggle for a lot of marketers because there are so many things that are coming out every day. There seems like there's a new tool that's coming out. Um, and even on like the HubSpot Connect platform, every time that you look at it, it seems like there's a new partner, whether they're live or in beta. And so I think it's kind of marketers understanding what exactly do they need from that technology first, not if I buy this, how do I plug it in? But what need is it actually filling? Because we've seen a lot of times that people may just get too many integrations and it starts to become unhelpful at that point. We try to focus on maybe like five or six that are the, the best ones to be using, unless there's like a really good reason to be using more of them. But I think that that's one thing that we really see is people trying to use too many tools too quickly. All right, a lot of shiny objects. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I and then another I... one is... Sure, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, oh, how do you... Because there are so many tools, and you said like the, the HubSpot Connect program, like there's always a new partner in beta. How do you stay on top of them personally? And then what's your process for determining, this could be a good fit for this client, um, whereas maybe for another client it's not? Like, that must get harder too, right? It does, yeah. And it, and it becomes more time-consuming too. Um, the way that, that we normally do it is when we see that there's a new partner um, on there, we'll try it ourselves to see if, it, if it's really a good fit. Because the last thing that we want to do is start to recommend things to clients that don't ultimately work maybe the way they said it was going to. Um, and we also make sure that it's not just an integration that requires your HubSpot portal ID and maybe you get some data from it, but that it's actually a tight integration that's worth whatever the investment is. Even if it's small, I don't want to, I don't want to present something that is not necessarily going to add value. And so we always try it ourselves for at least a month or two and try to go through a couple of different scenarios with a couple of different clients that how would we potentially use it with them to make sure that it's actually a good fit before we start to offer it. I'd assume there's a lot of late nights for you too, right? Trying these things out and trying yeah. them for prism <laughs> first, right? You kind of act as your own guinea pig uh, in many ways. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of that, plenty of that. And yeah, so exactly. There's, there's, there's so many channels like content blogging is, is still, uh, a really strong, um, email, uh, video podcasting, um, social media, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, LinkedIn, which is, which is picked up a lot on any given day. You can read a blog article about one or all of those being dead in, uh, in right. some <laughs> new technology. But the fact is that they're all still very effective. So in your experience, what do you see working really well? Um, if, you know, if, if you get a client that's saying like, you know, we need, um, you know, our, our acquisitions down, like what, what are, what are the channels that you still see working really well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. There's always an article about one of those, not, not necessarily working. Um, but I mean, what, what we've really seen is the, the, the old HubSpot methodology that 
is really saying that you have to take one piece of content and leverage it across all of your channels. That is when we see it working the best. And I know that that's kind of, um, you know, something that, that everyone's heard. But once we take that blog and then you maybe turn it into a short video and then you have that on social and you promote it and you have it in email. Um, so, I mean, like that, that whole loop is still critical. Um, but for B2B, we are still seeing that that LinkedIn is a huge driver. And LinkedIn groups is still a driver, but not as much as it was like a year ago. Facebook groups have now, in in my opinion, at least have taken over LinkedIn groups. Yeah, there's been a lot of buzz on that. So LinkedIn, I, I it seems like I never had a lot of luck with it until the past few years, or even year, year or two. It seems like it's yeah. picked up a lot. They added, you could post video. Um, I don't, I don't know when it became cool, but all of a sudden LinkedIn seems to be a, re- a really powerful network, uh, w- w- which is good to see. Um, so yeah, I, I guess general advice, and you've given a lot of it already, but in 2018 for marketers that, you know, are, are, are trying to increase acquisition or awareness, increase conversions on their website, uh, how, how should they think about that? What, what is some advice that you would have? Yeah, so I think that one thing that we're really focusing on is how can we leverage contextual marketing more than we have in the past? And I think that a lot of marketers and agencies have talked about contextual marketing a lot and how do we leverage like dynamic content and HubSpot on web pages and landing pages and email and all of that. Um, but really, how do we take that to the next level? Because I think that agencies and marketers um, have been kind of dabbling in that, but haven't necessarily used it as much as, as possible. But I really think that as you have more data on all of your, your contacts and your prospects, that we can start to personalize that journey for them even more. And it's really making that a priority. And how can we use the tools that are available, like if, if you are on HubSpot, how do you start to use all of that data that's in HubSpot to personalize the journey even more? Um, but I also think that that data is really important. Um, I think that HubSpot has done a good job of, of getting the data in the system, but like we use Databox to communicate that out to our clients and to give them that real-time visualization that they can also share out internally to their team. And I think that that's really been important so that we can make smarter marketing decisions that are based on real-time data, not necessarily looking at it weekly or monthly or quarterly. But I think with all the data that's at our fingertips, we have to be looking at that in real time in order to make sure that we're capitalizing on those campaigns and really getting the most ROI from it. How much of that data do you make available to to clients because I know that you know so it depends on the agency that you talk to, but in some cases people are afraid to share too much, right? With with clients in in the event that um, you know they they start diving down rabbit holes and 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 maybe get distracted by things that that might not matter. Um, but for you, like you just said in Prism, you're able to make decisions in real time and 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 be more lean and agile. That, does that require um, more transparency when it comes to the data in order to get buy-in, right, to do certain things? Or um, I guess, like, how, how available do you make that data to your clients? Yeah, we're actually very transparent with our clients. So we, uh, we show them exactly where they can get that information in HubSpot or in Databox. 
Um, and yeah, we, we don't, we don't hold back any information from them. It does, like you said, sometimes cause a bit of a rabbit hole, <laughs> but I would rather have that in most cases than have them wondering where and how I got that data. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that our clients really like about us. The feedback that we've gotten is that we are so transparent um, with that information. Even if something isn't working well, we're going to show them exactly why it's not working well and then how are we going to fix it. Right, right. And that, that, that's a great point because th- there's a chance that they're going to dive down a rabbit hole anyway and it's better to go off one that's actually based on data, right? At least, at least you, right. you're having yeah. discussions around data. That's a, that's a huge win in, in, in so many cases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that being transparent with them, I mean, that they're able to, to find the data some way. I'd rather be the one to, to show them where that is, good or bad, so that they can start to see where it's trending. That's a great point. Uh, Elise, th- this was this was a lot of fun. It, it was great. As a longtime admirer, uh, as I said at the beginning, being from the HubSpot partner ecosystem and, and knowing Prism for, for as long as I have, it's good to finally hear the story and and uh, about how you guys sort of came to be and, and, and how you've evolved. So this was a lot of fun. Thanks you for coming on here, being so open and, and sharing your story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.